Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 19 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore. And as always, this is not a substitute for medical advice. I'm excited about today's episode. Today's episode is all about sitting with discomfort, and we are diving right into it. And this topic is honestly such a favorite topic of mine, which sounds weird. I feel like anytime I talk about what I do, I just sound like a freaking weirdo because I'm like, I love chronic pain and love making people super uncomfortable. And people are like, I'm going to slowly back away from you now. Um, but it's really fun. And and it's something that is just near and dear to me because I am absolutely not someone, I just want to make this clear from the get-go, I am not someone who deals with uncomfortable things naturally well at all, okay? Like, I definitely, like, I I do not understand why people, like, voluntarily go camping and stuff like that. I'm like, why would you voluntarily choose to sleep on a hard, cold floor? I mean, not even a floor, like, you know, ground, tent, I've done it. I've done, I've gone camping. I don't know if I would do it again. I'm not going to say I won't, but like, why, why would you do that? Like I am some, I will go glamping. Please take me glamping. I love nature. I don't want to do the whole like non-electricity, freezing cold water, peeing in the woods. I mean, again, like, I guess I would do those things, but not, they don't, they don't sound fun to me. (laughs) I've also been very, very clear with my husband that if there's like ever a zombie apocalypse, just leave me behind. Like I'm, I'm not going to be of any help and I'm just going to slow him down. Like go save yourself and hopefully my son, because like, it's not happening. I don't like, I don't want to live in a world where I'm having to run from zombies constantly or we're like in an apocalypse. Like at that point, just like, let me just die. Cause like, that sounds terrible. Anyway. So point is here not, I am not one of those people who just naturally is like, let's do super uncomfortable things. I was actually just reading a book, a library book to my son on Elizabeth Blackwell, who is apparently the first woman doctor in the United States. Super great book. I mean, it's for like a six-year-old, but um, it, I love reading books like this because I learned so much, but it talked about how she like slept on the, on the hard floor, like the wood floor to like harden herself. And I was like, wow, that's, yeah, she's got way more, way more of that drive than I do clearly. Like I would never do that. So I say this all just to preface of who I am as a person, (laughs) because I think that's important when you're like hearing from someone, you know, it's like, what is their natural innate tendency? Like, what do they just, what just comes super naturally to them? Because they're going to talk about it very differently than when talking about something that like does not come naturally to them. So sitting with discomfort, not, does not come naturally to me. Um, it is a skill I learned and I still don't always want to do it. Okay. But it is a skill. And while I'm sure there are some people in the world who, who do have this naturally, most people, need to be taught this skill and taught it in a way that is beneficial and not in a way of like, pull up your bootstraps and deal with, you know, hard shit. Like that's not helpful. Okay. Like we've all been taught that kind of like that side of dealing with discomfort. Like life isn't fair. Just, just, you know, put up with it. We're not talking about that patriarchal type of discomfort here. We are talking about how to sit with discomfort 
in a really actually gentle and compassionate way. And it's still going to be uncomfortable. You're never, you are not getting out of the discomfort. Okay. So sorry, we're just going to burst your bubble right now. Like you're never going to get around the discomfort, discomfort. We just don't need to add to the discomfort by putting like pressure and shame on it. Okay. We're taking those things out of the picture. So, I mean, yeah, it's like less uncomfortable because you're not adding more discomfort to it, but like you're still sitting with discomfort. Okay. So we're just going to clear that all up from the beginning. Now, so often we are so incredibly willing to put up with so much struggle in our life so much pain, like emotional or physical pain, because at the heart of it, we are unwilling or don't know how, or don't even know it's an option to sit with the discomfort that would allow us to change the situation, to address the the very thing that is causing the suffering. Because addressing it is uncomfortable in itself, right? So rather than do that, we just keep putting up with it and we we just keep kind of dealing with the uncomfortable consequences versus like introducing a new uncomfortable thing into the picture. All right, let's use some examples because I'm using the word uncomfortable a lot and it's getting a little confusing. So let's say you're about to sit down, okay? You're like halfway through sitting down and all of a sudden you realize you see a thumbtack on your chair. It's a no-brainer, right? In that moment... You quickly change course, you try not to sit on the chair, and you avoid sitting on the thumbtack. Maybe you just kind of sit to the side of it. Maybe you get up really fast, like whatever you do, okay? And I do want to say that takes effort. It takes changing something, right? Because especially sitting down in a chair, like it's a quick habit. So like you had to consciously make an effort and change. But it is such a no-brainer in that scenario that, it, that we don't register it as uncomfortable in any way. Even like, let's say you did have some like knee pain. Then when you're getting, you know, you're changing course midway, that can definitely like make your knees hurt. You're like so willing to do it that it's like not even, a, it's really not on your radar in that moment because like it's way better than getting a thumbtack in your ass, right? Right? Like it's so clear cut. Now, same scenario. Well, same chair. We're just going to stick with a chair for a little bit, okay? You're now at a super swanky gala, okay? It's like ridiculously fancy, over the top, upscale. You don't know a lot of people here. Like you're uncomfortable. You're trying to like act, I don't know, like a normal fancy human being, which if you're like me, you're not naturally at all. And you would probably knock shit over and spill things. But anyways, you're already just kind of uncomfortable in general, okay? You're not used to dressing up because COVID, and you were like so terrified you're going to spill something on your white dress. Why did you choose to wear a white dress to this gala? I don't know, but you did, okay? Because this is this made-up scenario that I've come up with. You pull out your chair that you are assigned to, and for whatever, again, in this crazy made-up hypothetical scenario, it is smeared with wet red paint. Like, this is not a drop that you could wipe off with your napkin discreetly. This is like, this, this is a massive amount of paint. Would you sit on it? No. Like, hell no. And you're probably also going to be uncomfortable as hell 
drawing or and maybe you maybe you even won't I don't know like it this depends on your personality here because other people like this is just totally personality dependent here some people are like uh no I would be like flagging over wait staff like hey come over here other people are like oh my gosh this is so uncomfortable I'm drawing attention to myself right either scenario the point is is you're finding a way to replace that chair whether it's super uncomfortable or just a little uncomfortable, okay? Like you might be discreetly trying to carry it over to the corner and find a new one, which again is going to draw attention to yourself. Like it's it's all just uncomfortable or you're flagging over a wait staff, whatever it is. You're willing to do it because again, the consequence is so clear cut. Like if you sit in that, then how the hell are you going to get up and walk around for the rest of the night and explain red paint all over your butt? You know what I mean? Like it's just super, that's way more awkward than the awkwardness and discomfort of, of dealing with it in the moment, right? Third scenario, same swanky gala, same dress, same chair. This time it's not red paint though. It's just a little bit of water. Like an uncomfortable amount of water to sit in. Again, not a drop, but we're also not talking about like it being soaked, okay? And also good because this is my hypothetical scenario. Uh, there's no napkins. If you sit in it, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like you are definitely going to have a fairly large wet spot on your butt. But what lengths are you going to go to do something about it? All of a sudden things have shifted. Okay. Because again, this is like, you're already just feeling awkward to begin with. And there's no wrong answers here. I bet you half of you are going to be like, uh, I would still absolutely find a way staff, get, get napkins. I would get a freaking pull over the chair to a curtain, use curtain to wipe it off. I don't know. You know what I mean? You're going to find a way to do it. Other people are like, fuck that. I'm just going to sit in it. No, no, no wrong answers here. Okay. The point is, is sometimes it like becomes a whole lot less obvious. And other times or in that scenario, some of you might be so like have so much social anxiety in a scenario like that. Like if that scenario, and I get that this is not going to do this for everyone, but if you're someone who in that scenario, or you know, someone who this is the, who this will happen to, you can kind of like embody them for a second, that the social anxiety of that scenario would like overwhelm the shit out of your nervous system. And you're just in that moment where you're like feeling so much trigger that you like can't think straight. Cause I mean, we have all been there in one scenario or another, right? we cannot even start to like think about the future consequences of an action. Like, so you might just sit down. Like you don't even think about it, right? You're so like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm supposed to sit down because everyone else is sitting down right now. I'm just going to sit. And then you sit and then you're like, fuck, now how am I going to get up? Because it's going to look like I peed myself, right? But it's like, it's too late. <laughs> like you already sat down because you just, you didn't think it through because you couldn't. Your nervous system was totally hijacked. Like nothing's wrong with you. That's what happens when our nervous system is hijacked. We can't think it through. We can't fully imagine the future consequences of not taking an action when you're so consumed at even entertaining the idea of the thought of it or even like thinking about the scenario, right? Um, and sometimes we don't even link consequences. Again, in these silly scenarios I have, the consequences are very obvious and they're also very short-lived, okay? Once you leave the party, like, okay, maybe no one will ever see you again, you know? But there's so many things in life that the consequences are really, can be, you know, quite long-term and we don't necessarily even link them to a behavior. Um, so we first have to one be willing to even like notice that something that we're not doing or something that we are engaging in. Oftentimes it's kind of ugh, what I'm talking about here in sitting the discomfort. A lot of times it's a it's an action we aren't taking because it's uncomfortable, right? Um, so 
because it's like an absence of something, it becomes even harder to imagine what life would be like if you actually did do the thing. So for example, because again, let's make this a little more concrete. This often happens when it comes to like setting boundaries, having hard conversations, um, intentionally investing in working with a coach to get to the root of your chronic pain or why your life isn't what you thought it would be. Those types of things take really uncomfortable action, right? It is way easier to just skip over the discomfort and just keep going with what your nervous system already knows, which might be struggle and a shit ton of discomfort, but at least your nervous system is familiar with it, okay? Even things like that like feel like healthy habits, like it's not like meditation, remembering to take a breath. Like these things can actually be uncomfortable as hell. So we just avoid them. It's like, well, it's just easier if I don't breathe, if I don't sit down to meditate, then I never have to stop, right? It's like, if I just keep moving, I don't have to think, I just keep go, 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 going. And my brain never has to get quiet. And therefore I never need to address what's going on in there because it's uncomfortable as hell to look at, right? And this is like so important because the longer we do this, and again, I really want to have a ton of compassion. This is not shaming or judging anybody for doing shit. I I still have habits that would absolutely qualify for this, that I am doing something over and over and over again. And I'm kind of aware that it's just causing more discomfort in my life. Example that is coming to me right now would be like continuously going to bed far too late and then being tired every morning. Like if I would just freaking, you know, address the reason why I am doing that, which is uncomfortable for me, then I wouldn't be doing that. Okay. I'm definitely not perfect here. And there's many things that I did for 20 years before I address them. So this next thing I'm going to say is, is really important. And, but it's not to like shame or judge or make it seem like you're screwed because, because you're not at all. But the whole thing is, is the longer we don't do something, the longer we avoid setting a boundary, taking a different action, having an uncomfortable situation, the more the consequences tend to grow. And more importantly, the more your nervous system becomes adapted to them and sees them as familiar. And to your nervous system, familiar is desirable. It loves familiar. Okay. It learns, Hey, I can put up with this. This isn't going to kill me. I'm actually safe here because I mean, you're not dead. You're listening to this. So your nervous system is like, this is great. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable or how very consciously you, you don't like what's happening. If it's been happening over and over and over again, your nervous system is like, this is fantastic. I love this because it's familiar. Again, familiarity is safety to the nervous system. And, and this, I really want to emphasize, can apply to very clearly un, like things that are not safe. Like this is why, and I'm not going to go into this. This is a very big statement right here. There's a lot more nuance and a lot more to be said, but like, this is sometimes why someone stays in an abusive relationship. They could be actively getting abused, hit, like, like really abusive. And over time, it actually becomes a form of like safety to the nervous system. This is not their fault. This is what our brains do. Okay. So 
it, it starts to bring safety to the very thing that is causing our suffering in life. As an example, I think we all know that person, or maybe you are that person, that's cool too, that you start a job, I was this person, that you're completely overworked and underappreciated. And when you first start, you kind of start to catch on to this pretty quickly, right? Like you're talking to other people, everyone's like disgruntled there, like it's obvious, but you know, it, it's tolerable. You're making it through your days. So you're like, okay, once I find a new job, I'll quit. And, and, and then I'll quit, you know, like once I find something better, I'll quit that. And then a year later, you're like, well, I'll quit after I finish this project. I'm already committed to this. I don't want to do that. And then like six months later, it's like, well, like this coworker, I promised them I wouldn't quit because, you know, we're, we're buddies now. And then it's like, well, actually, you know, once I get this promotion, it's not going to be so toxic because then I'll be able to like make changes. And then like six years later, you're like, actually, after this next promotion, then it's not going to be so bad, right? so on and so on. And often the further we like dive into a situation like that, like the more time we have invested, the more repetition we have, the more willing we actually are to put up with shit, to put up with being overworked, underappreciated, to just being burned out at all times, right? It's kind of like the other scenario I think of is when you're a new mom and you're exhausted, like the first few days or I don't even know, I don't even remember at this point, whatever. At first it's like so miserable. And then, and then you just forget how exhausted you are. Like you just, you just adapt to it, which is great. Honestly, like, it's like, we we need this as a survival mechanism. Motherhood being a perfect example. Why? Okay. Um, and then when you get like sleep, you're like, what the fuck? I don't even know what to do with this. So actually, I'm going to use this as an example right now. I still remember the first time I slept through the night after um, my son was born. Gosh, it was probably like, I don't even know how long in it was. Probably like at least a year in. Maybe. Maybe it was actually less. Anyways, not important. It was at least eight months or something. Slept through the night. I woke up with a splitting headache. I felt like shit. Like, it felt awful. (laughs) And there's like probably a whole lot of other reasons and mechanisms as to why, but like, it's such a good example in a way of where like, finally I was getting sleep and my nervous system was like, I don't even know what just happened. (laughs) Like what? I don't even know what to do with this, okay? So it's like a great example of where like you could get the very thing you want and it feels really actually quite uncomfortable as hell. But anyways, okay, so we're going back to this job and we put up with it because we didn't want to deal with the discomfort of quitting in the first place, right? Well, you're avoiding that initial discomfort of either having to say I quit or the discomfort of finding a new job or, you know risking like, oh my God, how am I going to pay rent? Like there's a whole lot of discomforts there that could be like the thing for you, but whatever it was, you were avoiding some discomfort by not quitting. And your nervous system, again, it, it just gains the familiarity then. And I want to say also with this whole, like, as we're talking about your nervous system, there is a lot of nuance as to why your nervous system is willing to put up with discomforts and why it starts to see them as familiar and things like that. Like we can get into all kinds of parts work and inner child and all sorts of really fun stuff. Won't even go into them all. 
But that is something that is a very micro individualized level. So we're not going to address that here. The point is, um, is at a nervous system level, it adapts. So the super cool thing to all of this, okay, because none of that was actually meant to be like depressing or like a hopeless thing. It's actually not at all. Because what this shows us is that this exact thing can be used to our advantage once we become aware of it and can bring attention to it. Like, holy fuck, our systems can do adapt to discomfort. Like, when you realize that, like, it's fucking brilliant. You can do, like, so much magic with that knowledge. Like, how exciting is that? Or is it just me? Because I'm really excited about it. Okay? Because what it shows us is our nervous systems are, are so amazing at adapting. Okay, we can actually use sitting with intentional discomfort as a way to bring safety to new habits and practices. Okay, so let's go back to this new job, for instance. Okay, you have, it doesn't have to be your bad job. Now you've started a new job and that hopefully is a nice job here. And, but you have all new responsibilities. You have all new expectations. It's super uncomfortable at first, okay? We don't quit, like, right? Like most people aren't, and I'm, whatever, and if you're an exception, that's totally cool. But like for the most part, people are willing to put up with that discomfort of like the initial like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing in my new job, right? One, because we are held accountable. We are expected to show up every day. We are being paid to do it, okay? And, and it's expected, Okay, we, we expect it and often, hopefully again, because we're assuming it's a good job, the people are expecting it from you as well. Like no one's surprised that you're like a little uncomfortable and frazzled at first. Okay, so because of all of that, it often actually, it makes it, it's not easy to grind through it, but it's a great example of where like it's really uncomfortable to not know what you're doing, but you can do it. There's no, I don't want to say there's no, because I mean, this might not be true for you, but a lot of times there's a whole lot less mental drama. Like it doesn't mean... We don't make it mean as much about us because again, it's just expected, especially if it's like a completely different type of job that we've never done before. We're like, well, of course we don't know how to do that. Like we've never done it before, right? We don't beat ourselves up for not knowing exactly where they keep the stapler because like you didn't know where they keep the stapler. No one told you, you just just started there, right? Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, and so there's like no discomfort in asking or like when you are asking, even if there is a little discomfort there, like it's just much easier, okay, right? So that's just an example of where like the action can feel like totally doable when we don't have all the mental trauma around it. Now, over time with daily practice and you're getting to know the job and you're learning, things become less and less uncomfortable. They become familiar and then like you're good and like it's so worth it to move through that like discomfort, okay? Again, assuming it's a good job. Now, take something like, I'm just going to use meditation as an example. I'm, um, I actually do not actively teach a meditation practice for the, well, I, I won't say don't, it is not one of my focuses with people at all um, for a number of reasons, but it's a good example because I think a lot of people are familiar with it and a lot of people have tried meditation and, and possibly failed at it. So that's why I'm using it as an example. If you have ever been that person who that has tried and failed at it miserably like I did the first like 486 times I tried it it's really uncomfortable when you sit with it like actually I, I don't even think I failed 486 times because I probably didn't try it that many times because I was 
like I would try to sit and then I would just get so mad at myself for not being able to do it, right? Like I was so uncomfortable with all the thoughts racing through my head. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I thought I my head should be quiet. I thought I was doing it wrong. Spoiler alert, I wasn't, but different, different topic, different time. <laughs> um, but with intention, once you learn what to expect, once you learn how to do it, once you learn you're not crazy for having thoughts running through your head during a meditation, because you're not, all of a sudden, you can sit with it a little bit more. You can build your capacity. You can start with one minute of like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then you can do it for two minutes, you know, and keep building that. And also what I also want to add to this, something like a meditation practice often, most, almost always doesn't have accountability. No one is expecting you to do it. No one is paying you to do it. If you find out a way to get paid for meditation, please let me know. Um, and, and sometimes we often don't know exactly what we're doing. Like we don't actually have proper instructions and guidance on doing it. Like we, we're running off of a model that might not work for us. So therefore, like we set ourselves up for failure. It is much harder to do something when we do not have that accountability. Okay, so I'm just pointing that out because I think it's important. Like there probably have been times in your life where you've really been able to sit with discomfort and like do really hard, uncomfortable things and think back on them. What was it for you that allowed you to do that? It, it might be accountability. It might not be. But I think for a lot of people, it's the accountability. Like people are just expecting you to show up somewhere or you're getting paid to do something. So therefore, like you kind of feel like you have no choice. So it becomes, again, it kind of becomes that no brainer situation. It becomes completely different when it's, when you have no accountability, when you're trying to do a habit solely for yourself. So I just want to make that differentiation there. Like notice if, Especially if you're someone who prides yourself or thinks of yourself as someone who will do really hard, uncomfortable things, but like you haven't been able to implement like something for yourself, like that's probably why. Like it's, it's not like a personality trait in itself. It's not like, oh, just because you can go skydiving and do really uncomfortable things like that means you're going to be able to like sit with a meditation practice. Like not at all. <laughs> like they're just different types of discomfort. So you might even notice like what discomforts are you okay with and what are you like absolutely not okay with? Like you might be fine again, skydiving, roller coaster discomforts, but like be absolutely uncomfortable with any type of emotional discomfort. <laughs> um, that was kind of a tangent. Okay. Anyways. So another example is of just daily discomfort of like life discomfort is things like the weather transitioning, okay? And this is just up right now because it is transitioning and it makes me realize how much I have an intolerance to it. Like the second it was like 50 degrees outside, I'm like, that's it, bring out the winter coat. Like I'm wearing my giant fuzzy hood and like the neighbor kids are like biking around me in like shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Um, but my body is like, we are going to freeze to death and die um, if you do not do this. So therefore I do it and I absolutely cater to it, which probably doesn't help my cause. I, I probably could like run an experiment on myself next winter and see what happened if I actually just attempted to like sit with, a dis with the cold and the discomfort of the cold. And it'd be a pretty cool experiment. But here's the thing, it doesn't feel worth it. <laughs> Not to me. I do enough uncomfortable things that I'd rather spend my efforts and energy on, um, especially since I have warm clothes and a heater in my house. So I say this to be like, don't sit with uncomfortable things that aren't worth it to you. Like, 
you don't need to go out of your way to add discomfort in your life. Life brings enough discomforts, okay? So this is not the purpose of this podcast is to be like, go do super uncomfortable things. Like I know there's people who absolutely preach that, like the people who do like polar bear punches and like hot, cold shit like that. Okay. Like maybe one day I will do things like that and talk about it. That is not me right now. I'm like, I don't understand how you people voluntarily do things like that. Anyways, the point is, is I do not plan on being one of those like naked survivor shows where I'm dropped off in a frozen tundra. Therefore, I don't see the need to build up my cold intolerance. If you have a need, then it might be something you want to entertain. But anyways, enough with the weather tangents. Why is this all so important to pain? Why am I talking about this on a chronic pain podcast? Well, pain is uncomfortable. Not that I needed to tell you that. Pretty sure you already knew that. So, so often it is this inability though to truly sit with pain to truly sit with the discomfort in our bodies, to sit with it enough and in a way where we can get curious about it. If you listen back onto my episode, which I will maybe one day, guys, I will actually remember to look up at the numbers of my episodes and also the names of it, but it is the one about somatic work, one where I talk about the AAA process. Um, anyways. One of the fundamental things is allowance. That is the same thing as sitting with it. We have to fully allow something, allow the discomfort, allow the pain to learn more about it and the message it is trying to send. Now, I think one of the things that makes this so challenging with pain is that when I when I try to speak this, speak this, tell someone this, words, okay. When I try to tell someone about this who has chronic pain, they're like, are you fucking kidding me? I sit with my pain all day long, right? Like, I clearly have been sitting with the discomfort. And this is tough because, one, I really, really want to emphasize, like, so much compassion. Like, yes, you have been feeling the pain, all freaking day long for the past 10 years or however long it has been for you or however often it is for you. What I'm saying does not belittle or or change that. And having pain all day is not the same as truly allowing and sitting with and getting curious about it. Because usually when we are in pain, we are usually consciously or subconsciously either fighting with it like, ugh, like, what are you doing? And like, like going into mental drama and battles and, and all kinds of things. Or we're trying to pretend it doesn't exist, which takes effort. Okay. Like we're trying to ignore it. We're trying to plow through it. Usually we're in one of those scenarios. Neither is truly being with it. And there's a difference of actually like, I mean, I would say some people can just like be with it and they're doing their thing. That's awesome. Like, that's kind of the first step. But truly, like, what I'm talking about, this curiosity here means, like, literally literally sitting down, being with it, and, like, talking to your pain. Okay, different levels. We talk about this a lot more um, in my one-on-one sessions. And then in the course I'm going to have coming out is going to be all about this and really diving deep. So if that sounds, like, if if this already is sounding really good to you, like, feel free to shoot me a DM and I'll make sure you get on the um, wait list for the course, which is not 
out yet. Um, so anyways, for many of my clients, I also want to say we don't always start, like if, if sitting with discomfort is challenging, like it is to like pretty much everyone. I don't think I've ever worked with someone, again, including myself, that's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with sitting with discomfort. Like, no, <laughs> no one is. Like it's a skill. Um, but with most of my clients, and I'm saying this to you as a listener right now, is I would not recommend trying to sit with your pain as the first thing. I'm letting you know how this relates back to pain because this is a chronic pain podcast. But honestly, I really I really don't recommend starting there. It's actually incredibly challenging if you have not built up the skill. It's like equivalent to, to someone being like, I really want to lift squat 300 pounds, but they've like never even lifted a barbell in their life. They've never even weight lifted in their life. Maybe they've never even done a squat in their life. And they like go and try to squat a 300 pound barbell. Like it just doesn't work. Okay. And, and if, if that person would try to do that, honestly, they probably just wouldn't even be able to get the barbell off the bar. Like it wouldn't even matter, <laughs> but you could also, in that scenario, you could hurt yourself in the scenario of trying to like go start with something too big or triggering for your system. Chances are what would happen if you tried it? Cause if you don't want to listen to me and you're like, I can do this, I got this. I, I got you. You're my, you're probably my person because I probably would do the same thing. <laughs> um, let me prove you wrong. Um, what will happen is you'll flood your nervous system. <laughs> okay. Like if you try it out and it totally floods your nervous system and triggers you up, it kind of like sends you into a free state, like nothing comes of it or you're like completely exhausted and wiped out and you're like, oh my God, that was just too much. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll all recover from that. We all do that to our nervous system. Sometimes it's fine. Like figure it out. Um, so that's kind of like why I don't start there is it's usually just not really beneficial. Um, so that's just a heads up. So we tend to start with little things. And since I work a lot with emotions, I'm usually starting with challenging emotions, but small ones, right? We are not going to childhood abuse or childhood trauma as our first thing we're sitting with. It's the same thing as why we don't go right into pain. Like it's just going to flood your nervous system. All it does is actually re-traumatize your nervous system and it just further ingrains in the patterns. Like it's not helpful. Um, we all feel like we have this obsession with these like big cathartic breakthrough moments that I don't know where we all got that idea from. But like those don't really exist. And like we can have a huge thought breakthrough, but honestly for our nervous system, like it, if it can't take it, it's just going to re-traumatize your nervous system. So that's why I don't recommend doing that. We start with something really small. Maybe it's, you know, something that made you sad the other day. Like you went to a restaurant and you ordered your favorite meal and they didn't, they were out of it. And you're like, that was really fucking disappointing. And you're like, I'm going to experiment with feeling that disappointment. Like, there's no life or death here. You know, it's fine. And like, oftentimes that's an emotion we would blow by. And it's like, you're allowed to feel that disappointment. So it's like, play with what it's like to sit with that. Because like, chances are when you really sit with it, it's really uncomfortable. Um, we might, you can even play with uncomfortable emotion, emotions of like joy or happiness. Um... Anyways, any sadness, grief, anger, like someone cuts you off on the road, like play with anger. 
and and sitting with it. And what does it feel like in your body? Like going back to that one episode of really feeling things in your body is what I'm talking about when I say like play with it. It's that somatic sensing of it, like really deeply feeling with it. That's how we're sitting with it, okay? And so just really start small. Like if, if, if it feels like you're just like immediately go out of your body or your nervous system, like it has so much going on that you can't like even identify anything. Like it's just too big. It's just too much. Just start small. I cannot emphasize this enough. You want it to feel uncomfortable, but like doable. Like, oh, like maybe even feel a little bit too small. Like I would actually encourage that. Maybe it is dealing with cold. Maybe you're better, you know, more tolerable to addressing that than I am. And you're like, you know what? I am going to go and like take a walk with, you know, and like take off an extra layer just to be like, I can be with this. And it's just a way to like prove to your body that, hey, you can survive. Again, I'm not saying do anything stupid, okay? And I'm not also, again, I'm not an advocate of like purposely just like doing uncomfortable things for the sake of it. I mean, but if it feels good, if it feels like a good challenge and it like resonates with your system, that's what's important. Like, oh, that would like feel really accomplished if I could, if I could just do that. If I could go on a five minute walk right now without a sweater on or something, or just a five minute walk period, because that in itself is uncomfortable. Um, but afterwards or even during it, it's like, oh, look how safe we are, body. We're ho- like, we're close to home. We can go get food. We can go get warmth anytime we want. Or, you know, if you're just out for a walk, it's like, there's a bench I can sit on. Hey, like we got this. And like, I can go, I can call someone to come pick me up if I get stuck. Right. It's just showing your nervous system while you're doing it, the safety you have. Maybe you experiment. Maybe you're someone who, you know, anytime you go, you go out with your spouse or your partner, it's like, hey, what do you want? They're, you know, they ask you what you want to eat and you are really uncomfortable picking a restaurant. Maybe you want to know what they want and you're like scared to pick the wrong thing. Maybe you experiment with just being super confident about your restaurant choice and like not leaving any leeway. Like I want to go here tonight. And that feels really uncomfortable. Um, maybe it's with holidays coming up, maybe it's telling the in-laws that you won't be participating in a certain holiday tradition that you've hated for the past 10 years, but you haven't wanted to set a boundary on. That's a big one. That might feel too too much, (laughs) but you know, you just never know. I'm just throwing out some ideas here. It could be anything. This like the list is so endless here and get so creative with yourself. I actually want to have you right now, like close your eyes if you can, if it's safe. Just take a few breaths. Okay, take one more breath and just ask your authentic wisdom. Hey, can I have some inspiration? What would be my next step to sitting or doing doing something that's a little bit uncomfortable? And just see what, notice what comes in first thing. Okay, just notice that. It should feel a little scary, but again, doable. Okay. And if you don't get an answer, that's cool too. Just play with it. Just like kind of let it percolate in the background. It'll come to you. Don't overthink this. Um, and after you do it, okay, whatever you chose. And if you, I'm going to actually just throw this out here. If you chose something and it's been like a few days and you still haven't done it, you've been dragging your ass on it. Just pick something else. Like just, just do something uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's not get caught up on what it is or having to follow through on something. Like just do something uncomfortable for the sake of this exercise here. 
after you do it, celebrate the hell out of it. Be like, woohoo, I did it! Like, yes! Like, pat yourself on the back. Like, give your arms some strokes. Like, really, like, feel into it. Literally, tell your nervous system and show your nervous system how safe it is. Like, look around. See the safety of where you are. Like, check in your fridge and be like, look, I have food. Look, I have money in my bank account. Like, look, I got, like, a house that I live in. Like, take in all the safety even if it feels like that none of that has anything to do with what you did like you could whatever it is you did like go then bring all the safety to it if you have a comfort object that you like or whatever it is um if any of those things that i mentioned don't feel safe then don't include those if you're like oh my bank account doesn't have money in it don't look at your bank account like do anything that makes you feel safe <laughs> okay whatever whatever that might be okay And then if it's something that's like a repeatable action, I urge you to repeat it, especially if it is like a habit or something that you do want to implement in your life, then repeat it, do it again, bring more safety to it. And you'll notice time after time, it becomes less and less uncomfortable. Our nervous system adapts to it. Okay. Now, I also want you to notice if you're judging yourself or you're wanting to jump to do something bigger, you're like, well, that feels too small. First, do the thing, okay? Then then you can think about it and reflect on it. If you chose something and it felt too small and you went and did it and you're like, I mean, that was like not a big deal at all. First of all, celebrate the hell out of that, okay? And then, yeah, absolutely, pick something else. Just pick another thing. Do another thing. These are all like, the things I'm like talking about right now should be something you could go do like right now. Like you don't need to prep for it. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to like wait for anything to happen, like pick something that you could just go do now. Okay. Um, Like truly, you cannot mess this up. Okay. If you pick something too big or too small, you'll know. And then just pick another thing. Okay. Um, And always, always, no matter if it was too big or too small, find safety, repower, go listen back to that safety episode if you don't know what repowering is. And, and just like embrace it, celebrate yourself for taking action. Okay. All right. So I am excited to hear about what you choose to sit with. Let me know. Let me know if you've just choosing something, if you've just or have gotten as far as choosing something, but you haven't done it yet. Or let me know if you went and did a thing. Like I will celebrate the hell out of you. Um, yeah. And to do that, the best way is just DM me on Instagram. Like, really, it is me behind the account. I'm the one who's going to answer. Shoot me a DM at Dr. Andrea Moore, D-R-A-N-D-R-E-A-M-O-O-R-E. Same website, www.drandreamore.com. And on that website, if you have not already, I have a free um, video series that comes to you in email. Like, if you just sign up on the website. Like it's all free and it's a great way to start just diving more into this work, learning more about chronic pain and, and how to like get to the root of it. And again, thank you so, so much for listening. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you. If you have liked this episode, please, please leave a review for me. I can't tell you how much that helps both me 
know that I have listeners and know that people are listening. But also, more importantly, it helps other people find this podcast. Um, People are more likely to find it. It shows up in searches better and things like that. And there are 50 million people in the United States alone with chronic pain. We need people to find this. We need, if you think there are other people who could benefit from this, share the wealth just by just just by writing a review. Um, if you have any questions or feedback or anything for me, hit me up on D, um, Instagram as well. Or you can like contact me through my website. Um, do that form. All right. I will talk to you next time.